1: You can find out more about me, Anna, at annamarshnutrition.co.uk. And each week we will be bringing you inspiring content for a healthier and happier mind, body, heart and soul.
0: Last year, I dropped deeper and deeper into my purpose of helping women shed unhelpful layers, turn inwards and take ownership of their lives in order to access their fullest, most vibrant potential. In this time, I have been creating an immersion that offers exactly that, through a completely unique blend of tools, skills, and practices, from yoga, breathwork, and the body, to self-inquiry, emotional process work, and intuitive and creative art-based explorations, so that understanding and spiritual growth is deeply integrated through a variety of modalities and is fully embodied. I'd love to invite you to the first ever Voyage to the Soul four-day immersion taking place in Norfolk, UK from the 24th to the 27th of April 2020. If you'd like further info on this immersion and how you can join us, please contact me, Shay, through the contact page on shaydye.com linked in the show notes. Hope you enjoy the show.
1: Welcome everyone to another episode of Kombucha in Color, Fresh from Quarantine. This is our third week of recording in social isolation. How are you doing, Shay? Um,
0: I'm not as fresh from quarantine as you may be. I still need to go and shower. <laughs> um, I had a class, a yoga class this morning, and then just jumped straight onto the podcast. So yeah, I'm feeling good. I had a nice little sweaty workout before my yoga session. So I think in general, like I'm getting into the groove of things and I'm really, as we talked about before we got onto this, I feel like I'm really adapting to this new way of life and I'm actually quite enjoying it, um, if I'm really honest. So yeah, I'm feeling quite good. And I think what we're going to talk about today will kind of maybe be a stage or what we're looking at is kind of a stage that I've moved through to arrive at this place. And then hopefully we can get people to kind of see that there's maybe a little bit of light at the end of this really dark gloomy tunnel.
1: How are you doing? Yeah, I'm I'm doing good as well. I can't obviously see if you're listening to this, but we're recording now and I have my lovely new headband on because um, I was supposed to have a hairdressing appointment the week that everything shut down. So obviously my hairdressing appointment was canceled. So I've bought myself a shiny new headband, which I'm loving at the moment. And similar to you, I was actually wearing my headband last night and thinking, I wonder when I'm going to get my hair done again. And if we get my hair done, will I stop wearing my headband? You know, random train of thoughts. But (laughs) we go through these things, don't we? And then I was starting to think about exactly what you're saying. Like, I'm actually just really liking the simplicity of everything right now. I almost feel like I don't want it to end. And I mean, and that may change and that may fluctuate as well. But at the moment, like life is just really simple. And I know that that's not everybody's experience right now, but it's my experience right now. And so I am just enjoying the the simplicity of everything. But I've also found, this is actually a nice segue into what we want to talk about today is I've also found this process to be incredibly healing for myself. And I've watched I guess the patterns or the trends that people have been going through as all of the stuff has been unfolding. And at first I think there was a lot of denial Like we were kind of watching China from afar and thinking, well, that's their problem. It's not our problem. It's not going to affect us. You know, this is just a media hype, all of that type of thing. And then we kind of went through the stage of panic where the the toilet paper was all getting bought, and people were starting to stock up on food and starting to worry about, well, you know, are we going to experience the same thing that everybody is experiencing in Italy? And then came the anxiety As change started to happen and things started to become dramatically different, there was definitely an increase in collective anxiety. And what I've really felt this week has been a lot of grief and a lot of sadness. And I said to you, we were talking about what we're going to talk about today on the podcast. And I said, let's talk about loss and grief. And your response was, oh, you know, I'm not so sure if I've got anything to contribute. And, you know, that type of thing. Can you lead the episode? And I think it's really great that, like, you have that response because I think a lot of people are probably not realizing that that's what they're going through or that's what they've been through recently. So when we look at what's happening right now, is The world as we know it changed overnight, or maybe not overnight, but within a very, very short space of time. And a lot of the systems and the structures and the routines and ways of being that we had all become attached to, that it all created stability and shaped our world, they just fell away. And that in itself is a loss. And as a consequence, people have been experiencing loss of maybe their jobs, loss of income, loss of their freedom, loss of flexibility just to do what they want, when they want to travel, you know, maybe holidays that you would booked. I know we've both got friends who've had to cancel weddings, loss of connection, just loss of the idea that the world is a certain way. And if the world is a certain way, then that reflects back to us who we are. And when that changes, we can maybe feel that we've lost a little piece of ourselves, a little piece of our identity and our routines So there's actually so much loss, which is happening for everyone right now. And I know you had a few you wanted to share as well. Mm. And definitely if like, if we go through those stages
0: of grief, like I was definitely in the beginning of this whole Corona thing, like there was a bit of denial for me in the, in terms of the severity of it all. Like, oh no, it's like, it's fine. It's not going to affect us. It's not going to and. Now that there's more stuff coming out, it's like, sure, this is actually a very big deal. Like it's massive, it's huge. And it's changing the face of the world as we know it. So yeah, it's been an interesting journey for me. And I think if you, maybe if you want to go through some of those um, stages of grief that people can identify like where they've been and what they've moved through, and we can learn like where we are in, in relation to what's presenting from the outside world.
1: Yeah. So um, for those of you who don't know, there are five stages of grief. And this was a, I guess it's like a framework or a model, which was developed by uh, Kubler-Ross. I hope I've said that right. I actually learned about this when I did my NLP training, which is neuro-linguistic programming, which I did about 10 years ago. And One of the most healing things in terms of working with grief is actually just to understand these five stages because with anything is when we can actually bring our experience into our awareness and we shine light on it, it helps us a little bit to allow it to be there and to make peace with what we're going through. So the first stage is the denial stage. And this is you know, probably what a lot of us experienced at first. We were sort of denying the severity of the situation, um, maybe in avoidance, maybe in a little bit of confusion for some people. Other emotions which can be associated would be fear or shock. And when I think of shock, I almost just think of that like freezing, which is part of the stress response. So just kind of going to freezing, not knowing what to do, not knowing how to act, not knowing how to respond but in the same time being called into action and feeling a conflict there. The next stage is anger. So anger can be associated also with frustration, with irritation, with some anxiety as well. Then the third stage is bargaining. And so this is where we're struggling to find meaning. So within the situation and maybe... We're looking for the meaning in the situation. We're trying to find some sort of sense of purpose of all of this and and maybe not necessarily landing on it just yet. It's also when people tend to reach out to others and there has been so much reaching out to others. I think I've had so many messages from clients, from friends, from acquaintances, from colleagues, all saying, you know, are you okay? Are you okay? We're all reaching out to each other right now for, for various reasons, not only grief. And then also telling our story. So I've just noticed a lot of social media posts of different people sharing their experiences, whether that's people who've lost their jobs, people on the front line who are dealing with this from a medical perspective in the hospitals. There's been a lot of story sharing through social media as well. The fourth stage is depression. And this is when we may experience some overwhelm, some helplessness, and maybe even a little bit of hostility. So if we think of the fight or flight response, this is also associated with flight, except we can't go anywhere. (laughs) There's nowhere for us to flee. So a lot of that energy is contained. And then the final stage is acceptance, which is being able to explore the meaning and being able to move on. And it's really important to understand that this is not a linear process and how long it takes one person to move through these different stages will vary from person to person. So someone could move through all of these stages just in a few hours, where someone may still be stuck at stage two. And even as you progress through each stage, it doesn't mean that you can't fall back into another stage, you can move backwards and forwards between these stages, I think until you're ultimately able to find meaning in what has happened. So it can be really powerful just to see this and to acknowledge, oh yes, I'm feeling that. Maybe I'm in this stage of grief. I've had this with a few clients this week where I have felt with the conversations I'm having with what they've been bringing to their calls, there has been this heaviness, there has been this sense of loss, there has been a lot of sadness and they hadn't actually realized it was grief. And when they did, they were like, oh, okay. It just, that's what's happening that makes it okay now, because I feel like I'm not going crazy anymore. So perhaps as I've been talking, you've started to acknowledge, okay, yes, I can really identify with some of the stuff that's going on for me. So once we know what's going on, then what do we do about it? And that's where I know you had some things you wanted to add, Shay. Mm-hmm. So just if I,
0: if I give like a personal example of this grief or these stages of grief that you've listed, like for me, definitely there was that, as we spoke about, many of us that denial, like, you know, not not knowing and kind of pushing it to the side and like not kind of accepting those those things, the severity of what was going on in the world. And that was definitely my experience. And then this anger piece, like one of my um, core energetics groups, we met online and that was where I first kind of came into contact with somebody who had been in contact with someone who was positive. So it put me into self-isolation. And in that group, there was really space to really be angry and full on let out everything that was needed to be said, needed to be shared. And that's so important for us to be able to Move and shift that anger verbally, physically, emotionally, out through the body, um, which is another tool, another really useful tool that you can uh, use to help process wherever you are, whatever you are feeling. It doesn't have to just necessarily be anger, but that that anger piece was definitely something that came to the forefront with for me in 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 processing uh, through one of those stages. And then if I reflect on this bargaining piece, and for me that's also where this this part of the meaning comes in, is like. You know, I had a, well, I have a retreat that's going to be on the 24th of April, which is definitely not going to happen. For me, there's like, okay, there's that loss of that retreat. But very quickly, I was able to go, okay, what is the meaning of this? How can I, there, there was that bargaining piece of like, okay, maybe the, the time is not right for this. Maybe there's something within me that I need to up-level, that I need to add on a skill, or there's a future training that I'm, that I'm wanting to do towards the end of the year. Hopefully it will works out. But, you know, there's more trainings that I want to do to really make this a really robust experience for people. So there's that bargaining piece and there's that meaning creation out of it, like this is not the right time for it. And it comes back to this this whole thing of life is either happening to you or life is happening for you. And something else a little step further than that, which I've been reflecting on last week was, yes, we have life happening for you, but also life happening for you like me as a person. And it sounds almost like so egoic to think like this whole pandemic is for me. But it's like, if you can really settle into that, it's like, wow, in this, for me, what is it showing me? What is it teaching me? And there's been so many revelations that I've had in terms of how I ran my business, in terms of having multiple income streams, in terms of the online offerings that I have, in terms of the retreats that I have. Like, There's been so much that I've learned from this for me. So it's like that bargaining piece,
1: really, really, like, I can see how that is something that I've definitely played through. Oh, sorry, I just wanted to jump in while you're talking on that point, because I think I can see that with myself as well. And I can see that with the specific clients that I'm working with. The clients who need time and space to feel have been given that gift. And maybe the clients who are You know, homeschooling their children, still working, you know, extremely busy, working for the NHS, those types of things. There's certain clients who are really under pressure now, and their confidence is being boosted because they're realizing how well they're coping from all the work that they've done. And then there's other ones who are having their weak spots delivered to them on a silver platter so they can finally actually see, you know what, this is important. So Mm. I really do believe that. Whatever our experience, it is perfect for exactly what we need right now. So yes, thank you for bringing that up. Mm. And also, I, I think this was when you
0: mentioned that piece about confidence, like just that like resonating feeling of, yes, this is true. And also at the same time, not to minimize anybody who's experienced, who has had a really serious loss or a death of a family member or anyone like that. There's a lot of stuff like that that's moving through the world and we can't control it, but we can't control death regardless of in our regular quote unquote world. So yes, there is a lot of that and it's amplified, but this opportunity where everything has come under the microscope, like we have made our lives so insular, so contained. It's like we are putting everything under the microscope so that those weak points really come to the forefront so that the places where we can shine really come to the forefront as well. Like everything is just like magnified and intensified. And then from here, how am I responding to life? versus how am I reacting to the situation that feels overwhelming? And that leads on to this idea of being in flow with life. And I think that's where the acceptance piece comes in. And as you were listing those stages of grief, I don't know if I, I went through a very serious hostility or depression phase, maybe it's still to come, but I really do feel a sense of acceptance with, with all of this. And yes, I am in a very lucky position in terms of my life and you know, I'm still fit and healthy and we've got a roof over our heads and all those basic needs met. But when you are in this place of being in flow with life, it's very quick for you to be able to accept where you are as opposed to resist where you are, which is where this, you know, you're brushing up against something that you cannot control and you cannot change. So the key or the barrier is on your side to release and to
1: unblock. I can also resonate with these stages as well in my journey. Like I had the same denial that you had and I had, some anger and my anger was more so related just to the support that was offered by the government to self-employed it was something that I didn't qualify for and I felt very angry about that but then I did actually go through into the bargaining stage where I was thinking about this idea of you know how life happens for you and you, you get exactly what you need and maybe the reason why i didn't qualify for that is because I'm not supposed to. And it's something that um, I have the skills, I have the capacity, I have the resources to continue my business in this time, it will just look differently, maybe or the outcome will be a bit different. But in the way, it almost also feels like, even though I create the rules, there's less rules now because the whole world is going through stuff. So it's given me more flexibility just to to do things in a different way. And also don't identify so much with the depression or overwhelm piece, but I think maybe a little bit of times just overwhelmed by the space that I've been holding for other people. And the meaning has been probably, especially thinking about this grief cycle or the acceptance piece is the more that the weeks have gone on, I've really found so much meaning in my own health journey that I've been on in the past year and watching and witnessing everybody else and their sadness and their grief. And this whole situation has made me realize that the past year I've been going through a very long grief cycle that I wasn't aware of before. And I can see how in the past year I've been moving through this cycle of grief and, acknowledging that and finally being able to see that i don't know why i couldn't see it before it has been so healing for me to experience that and when you said about how life is happening for me i'm like yeah i can really see how this whole thing that is happening right now is contributing to my own healing and it's made me actually just feel very peaceful and very calm about the whole thing Mm. So when you spoke about
0: this idea of loss and grief, I said to Anna, you know, I don't have a very visceral lived experience of losing a really close family member or someone like to that extreme of loss or grief. But what I did do was I kind of broke down in relation to this situation, the loss that I'm feeling in the situation, and then looked at it from a different perspective or kind of I didn't realize that this is what I had actually been doing subconsciously, but because I I said, and I don't really feel like I have, I have a loss. I don't really feel like I have loss. But then when I went and listed out, like, what have I lost? I've lost freedom. I've lost social connection. I've lost private clients. I've lost retreats. I've lost earning. I've lost doing things outside. I've lost holidays. But even as I've listed those, at the same time that I was listing them, I was going, yes, I've lost like financial income, but I've I've created this abundance of time. Like I have now all this time in my day, yes, I've lost the freedom to be able to like go outside and do whatever I want, but I've gained this concentrated time at home with my husband. Like th- there's a benefit to that in some way, and um, yes, I've lost private clients, which is also connected to the income, but. I've gained now being able to practice and share yoga with people that are location independent from me. So I can practice with people who are in Singapore, who are in South Africa all over. Like it's a really beautiful thing to be able to shift your focus. And I know we're going to get onto the physiology piece. As I mentioned before, like this retreat that's happening in April that will not go ahead. Like it's going to be a huge financial, financial um, cost for me. But then like, as I, as I reflect back on that and, and uh, what I said earlier about, this is happening for me is like, maybe it's not, maybe the retreat is not meant to be run then. Maybe I'm not ready to hold that space. Maybe I need to do more up leveling. Maybe there's something else that needs to come. And this is going to fit in to make this a really like incredible experience. And like having that perspective is like, it brings you back into this place of it's okay. Like everything is okay. Yes. It's not how you want it. Yes, it's not the way that you would, quote unquote, like desire it or have it in you know your controlled sense, but we can't control life. And that's exactly what this is showing us. Like we can't control these things.
1: Each week, we get incredible feedback about our episodes of Kombucha and Color. We know our show is touching, inspiring and helping hundreds of women, and we would like to reach even more. Can you help? You can help other women find the inspiration that you have found if you head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. If you screenshot your review and share it on Instagram stories or your Instagram feed tagging myself, Anna, Shay, or Kombucha and Color, we'll send you a wonderful, restful Yoga Nidra practice to download so you can find some peace and calm in your day or a better night's sleep at night. Additionally, everyone who enters and leaves a review and shares it on Instagram will be put into a lucky prize draw to win a copy of my Beat the Bloat Guide and Shay's Yoga Guide. You can love your body from the inside out with 174 pages, including over 100 pages of recipes which walk you through my 28-day digestive reset process. This is perfect if you want to reset your body, address any unwanted health symptoms, or support your skin, hormones, energy, and digestion. Shea's 173-page yoga guide includes 116 pages of detailed pose analysis. It will give you all the tools you need to teach yourself yoga so you can sequence, practice, and flow safely in your very own home. Remember, all you need to do is go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, screenshot the review, and share it on Instagram stories or your Instagram feed, tagging myself, Anna underscore marsh underscore nutrition, Shay at Indie Yoga Life, or kombucha and color, kombucha underscore and underscore color head on over and do that right now before you forget and then your yoga nidra practice will be on its way. So what we'd like to segue into is even though we can now see that moving through all these intense emotions and feelings is normal and healthy, sometimes it can always almost feel a little bit overwhelming to be experiencing the discomfort of feeling some of these things. So how is the best way for us to move through these stages without denying their importance and without denying ourselves of the gifts that we get from actually feeling? It's so valuable to take time for yourself to sit and feel
0: what you're feeling. And I remember on my um, second yoga teacher training in India, one of the guys in, in my, he's like a body worker and he was saying to us, he's like, there's there's real importance in feeling your emotions, not meditating, not sitting with your breath, just feeling your emotions. And I was like, weird, odd. And now I'm like, oh, I get it. I get what he's saying. I get why this is important. I get why we need to do this. Like, And for so often, like, you know, from yoga teacher trainings, we get this feeling that will get told to us that the body holds emotion. The body, you know, the hips hold the emotion, the heart holds the emotion. And actually the heart is the place where we hold grief and the lungs are a place where we hold grief. So taking a few deep breaths allows that grief to pass through and to move through. So when you can take 10 minutes out your day, five minutes out your day, you just sit and ask yourself, like, how am I feeling today? That question that we had in last week's episode of what does my inner landscape look like? Like, what is my inner world showing me? Like, I use that analogy of the weather. Like, what is my, what are my weather conditions today? Does it feel stormy? Does it feel, you know, cloudy? Does it feel a bit gloomy? Or is there a little bit of parting clouds? Maybe there's a little bit of sunshine. And knowing that those emotions, the weather, is going to rise and fall. It's going to change day by day, but you are that sky. You are the space behind all that weather, whatever the weather is showing. And when we give ourselves the opportunity to sit and be with that, even if it is challenging, even if we want to run away, even if we want to escape, like that's really where we can move through it
1: what I had on my list was I had being able to feel it and name it. And even if you can't necessarily identify this is anger or this is frustration, you, I love that weather analogy because it gives you access to more literacy, more vocabulary, which can at least help you to describe how you're feeling. And, and the next thing is to have some way to express it if that's what needs to happen. So there, it's it's an energy, which means that it, it wants to be moved or It also perhaps wants to be alchemized, so transformed into something different. For example, like when we feel anger, anger can be about boundaries and maybe it's about um, us actually stepping up into our power. Or for example, sadness and grief are heartbreaking, but when we break the heart open, we create a greater capacity for compassion, for empathy, for love. And when we feel anxiety or overwhelm, there's an opportunity there for us to find our ground. So we want to have some sort of way in which we can work with the energies that we're feeling, not in a way that we deny them or we try to push them down or suppress them so that we don't actually feel them, but in a way we can either just express them to be released or we can alchemize them into something that is working for us. And so the, so
0: that idea of being able to feel emotion in the body, feel the energy that's present in the body is, is a really beautiful like way to honor what you're moving through. Some people may find that more challenging to connect to that slightly more esoteric quality of like, what is the energy of my body feeling like and what is the quality of that and how am I going to shift this out the body? So another really simple practice, and it links onto this piece of expressing it, is like, can you share with somebody how you are feeling without it needing to be a dialogue or a conversation? But if you can find one person or someone that you feel that can hold space for you just to be able to take and offload, not onto them, but just it needs to release from you somehow. It needs to, you need to share from your heart, like, what is sitting on your chest? What are you feeling heaviness with with right now? Like what what are you moving through without the other person having to absorb or take any of that stuff for you, but just to be a container to hold the space? And that's definitely something that I've noticed with friends and family members. Like there's been suddenly a lot of outpouring of like anxiety and like this, you know, there's overwhelm and there's stuff that's coming up all the time and. You know, I've got people that are contacting me and kind of offloading all this stuff. And I'm like, sure, it's a lot, but they just need, this is their experience and they need just to, to offload this. So I think maybe in a future episode, we'll talk a little bit more again about boundaries, energetic boundaries, and kind of mm-hmm. holding that space for other people. But really important to find a place where you can share so that you can actually, it's the, it's the same as being able to label that thing. I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling afraid. I'm feeling all these different things, like using language to be able to, to put a voice to it.
1: Our language and our nervous system are interconnected. that That's the basis of neuro-linguistic programming. So being able to voice it and express it verbally is very powerful. And when you were talking, I literally witnessed that yesterday on my Grounded Goddess call. So for the program, we have group calls and everybody showed up on Zoom. And that was something we were doing pre-coronavirus as well. And the sense that I got from everybody who showed up on the call yesterday was they just needed to say how they feel. They didn't need me to move them into action or to teach them anything new or to give them new information or to to help them process faster. They just needed to show up on the call and say, this is how I'm feeling right now. And I think it was a very healing experience for everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely see that so the final piece that i had is that when you feel ready to there are tools we can use to change how we feel but it's really important that we don't jump straight into using these tools without giving ourselves the time and space to to really honor the the emotions that maybe we don't want to feel but are equally valuable so when you do feel ready to move To change your state or to move into acceptance, there's three things that I normally talk my clients through, which is changing your state by changing your physiology, your language and your focus. So that could just be you get outside, you move your body, you go for a run or jump up and down or do a happy dance or whatever you need to do just to change how you're feeling physically in your body or a yoga practice or a breathwork practice. All those physical practices can really help to change physiology. You can change the language that you're using. So when I had my little angry fit <laughs> last week, I was just, you know, I was saying, it's just not fair, you know, and there was this little stroppy toddler inside of me that just needed to express herself and be be the victim, I guess. It's just allow myself to just feel victimized for that moment. But then when I had let that happen and i had let that pass, I could change my language just by saying, no, I'm good now. I'm safe now. I'm being cared for. I'm being protected or whatever else, you know, I wanted to to believe and feel. Then the final piece is the focus. So what are you focusing on? And I've definitely noticed with my clients, there's been a lot of catastrophizing, a lot of fear being generated by imagining the worst case scenario, which is essential in some cases, because if we imagine the worst, it can help us prepare for it. But then we want to balance that by also preparing for the best or allowing ourselves to experience the joy that is present. And, And that's why I loved when you shared about what you're gaining from all of this, because it helps to balance that focus. It's not to say we shouldn't be cautious and prepare for worst case scenario, but we shouldn't let that rob us of experiencing the joy of now. Mm.
0: So that is a, a really useful tool and practice, and uh, something that's really practical that you can take away. Like in this journey through this corona, you know, adventure, adventure. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, um, but make a practical, tangible list. Like, what are the things that you have lost, and make them really, make them really visceral. It could be something really small, like maybe you have a cappuccino at your coffee shop that's no longer there. Like, let them be really visceral and, and write down everything that you've lost in this, in this situation. And then once you have had time, give yourself, don't just jump straight to the things that you've gained, but really sit and feel what it feels like to not have that coffee. Like it's annoying and that's your ritual. And it's the thing that really sets you up for your day. Like really feel that through your body, verbalize it to somebody. Maybe you reach out to your coffee shop owner and say, I really miss your coffees, you know, whatever it is that can really like, give you a felt sense of what that loss is and then let yourself explore that, feel that in your body, process it out through your body. So breath work is a great thing. It connects to that that grief center in the body, shaking, moving, stamping, whatever it is that you need to discharge that feeling through the body. And then write, write a list of what are the things that you've gained. Perhaps you've gained a small increase in not having to spend that two pounds on the coffee, or perhaps it's something else that you are getting from that. You, you know, you're, you're building a ritual of having coffee at home or there's you've now discovered a new coffee at home brand or whatever it is. Like there's, there's a value to be gained if we choose to focus our attention in that way. So yeah, a nice little takeaway for you to, to act on.
1: Yeah. This is why I think we make such a great team is because you always think of stuff that I don't think of. <laughs> so <laughs> it makes for a nicely well-rounded episode. Yeah. I mean, that brings me to the end of everything that, that I wanted to say. I guess we've we've kept this episode fa- fairly light-hearted considering it is an episode on loss and grief. And we, we have, I guess, kind of not avoided, but not necessarily focused on you know, very, very devastating loss that comes from loss of life, especially if it's someone we love. And so I just wanted to reiterate one more time that it is okay for this process to take a long time, especially if you've, if your loss is is very, very big and, you know, you can use the tools that we've talked about to help you feel, to help you process, but, you know, really just do allow it to, to run the course that it needs to run. Mm. and reach out to us to friends
0: to family member if you feel that you need a little bit of a hand or a virtual high five or just somebody to hold space for you like we are available if you, if you do need us and you're moving through something that's really heavy
1: yeah so just sending so much love out to everybody in the world right now because I think we could all use that to fill up our hearts as they break mm. well thank you so much again for chatting with me Anna and you see you next time bye bye thank you for listening to another episode of kombucha and color if you have enjoyed or been inspired by our conversations today
0: please leave a five-star review on stitcher or itunes don't forget to share with friends and family this will help other women find inspiration to live life bright we'd love to connect with you on social media Come find me, Shay by searching Shay Daya Yoga on
1: Facebook or Instagram. You can find me, Anna, by searching Anna Marsh on Facebook or Instagram. And remember, you can always refer to the links in the show notes. See you next week. Ever since I was a child, I wanted to study the power that food can have on our health. When I started practicing as a nutritional therapist a decade ago, I realized that what is just as important is the relationship that we have with food. This is very often a mirror for the relationship we have with ourself. Through my own personal journey and health challenges, I was forced to dig deeper and understand things that go beyond just our physical bodies. I learned the importance of working with the whole person to create a balanced body, mind, heart, and soul. I'm now passionate about using my diverse toolbox to help women slow down, take better care of themselves, and ultimately cultivate a life which is a reflection of self-love. If you feel like this is speaking to you, I created a 43-page guide, 9 Steps to Love, Nourish, and Connect with Your Body to Create an Energized Life with a Happy Heart and Soul. You can download it for free and join my Grounded Goddess community for even more inspiration by visiting groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash nine, the number hyphen steps. That's groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash nine, the number hyphen steps, S-T-E-P-S. I'm looking forward to seeing you in the community.